Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Mama, You're Okay. I'm Audrey. And I'm Miliana. We created our podcast as a way to share our stories to a community of mothers all over the world. Today's topic can be triggering to some of our listeners as we dive into Ileana's ectopic pregnancy story. What we want to do is not to scare or intimidate, but hopefully bring comfort in knowing that you are not alone. We want to bring awareness to a very real circumstance that could happen during pregnancy. One in 50 pregnancies, or 2%, lead to a pregnancy loss due to ectopic pregnancy. It is something that's not talked about often, but it is a very real and emotional experience for some women. We hope that it can also bring some knowledge for those who haven't experienced this, but may have a friend or family member going through it. This may also help with what to say and what not to say to these women. It can be hard when we want to comfort, but just don't know how. Hopefully this episode will be helpful to you. So turn up the sound, take your dog on a walk, and let's dive in. We are diving right in today with Ileana's pregnancy story about her ectopic pregnancy. So I'm just going to go ahead and turn it over to you. Um, You can just kind of tell us your whole experience and just enlighten us with this very sad, very real topic that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, thank you. Before I even experienced it myself, I had no idea that ectopic pregnancy was even a thing. And so I had to learn very quickly what it was. But my husband and I had been trying to have a baby for about six, seven months by that point. You know, earlier in the year, um, we had been starting, like I stopped taking my birth control and then just said, okay, let's, let's leave it up to God and see what happens. And it just every month, you know, I kept getting my pregnancy uh, or <laughs> my period. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Um, so, wow. So anyways, I, I kept getting it. So, you know, Um, It was about September. And um, I remember this vividly because I had my cousin and my dad visiting from out of town and we were going on a hike and um, I thought that I had started my period. And so I'm like, oh, here's another month, whatever. But then like a couple of weeks later, I had a um, yoga retreat. I was getting my yoga training at that time, mm-hmm. trying to get my certification. And so it was a long weekend, um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Sunday, about noon, when we were finishing up, I started feeling this like stomach ache. And I thought, well, maybe it's because I didn't eat um, and I was just cramping or something like that. And I didn't really think anything of it, but it started to get like almost like I, I felt like it was a period cramp. I thought it was weird because I shouldn't be on my period again two right. weeks before right. I was on my period. So driving home, that's when it started to feel really weird. I'm like, maybe I just need to go eat and I'll get it. But I remember driving to the Wendy's at Southridge and I was in pain. Like I was in a lot of pain mm-hmm. and it was the shooting on the, on my right side. And so it was like very concentrated on my right side. And it was to the point where I had to stop the car and I called Steven and I said, I don't know, even know if I can drive myself home. It hurts so bad, but he was working at the Gosh. farm so he couldn't help me or anything. And like, it, because it's my right leg, you know, that's the leg you drive with. Right. So I was, um, like kind of worried about it, but I, and I ate, it wasn't making me feel better And the, um, it was starting to like numb my right leg. And so that's where I'm like, this hurts. This is not a regular, like something's um, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, I do have a history of like cyst burst because that, that's, um, an issue that I have, um, 
in my ovaries. And so I thought maybe is I was that just related that. at all. Like, do you know, you know, I asked about that. Um, but they never told me that it was like, yes, that's what caused it. Right, right. Um, but definitely, um, I, I was in pain and about the same amount of pain, a little bit worse. So anyways, I make it home. Um, I got my heating pad out. I got an electric one and I just said, I took some Tylenol, hoping that that would help. I got the heating pad and I went to sleep. I just took a nap because I just, I was exhausted and it hurt really bad. So a couple of hours later, I felt like, oh, okay, it doesn't hurt as bad as anymore. It's still there, um, but I feel okay. So I started Googling because this is what I do. I am, yeah. I Google all of my symptoms. Don't we all? Dr. Google. <laughs> yes. Always so, telling us terrible things. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, um, I'm like, man, what is like, this is really like, is there a reason why I could have so much pain? And especially when it was concentrated on one side. And that's mm -hmm. where I thought it was weird. Odd, yeah. And then the word ectopic pregnancy kept popping up. And I said, what is this? But they're like, oh, it's because you got pregnant, but the baby is not in the uterus. And so hence it's going to hurt you somewhere else. And I'm like, I don't know. The trigger word for me was if you start bleeding, and you should take a pregnancy test. If you're pregnant and you're bleeding, you need to go to the doctor. And I'm like, well, I had a pregnancy test because, you know, we've been trying for so many months. So I was like, I will wait until the morning to take the test because, you know, peace concentrated in the morning. Right. Mm -hmm. And also then at like 10 o'clock at night when the pain was subsided, I'm just doing my Googling. I started bleeding and I was like, mm -hmm. huh? So this, this doesn't look good. So I was kind of like already shielding my brain about this. Mm -hmm. But um, I told Steve, I'm like, I don't know what this means, but I think that there's, a, I don't know what it is. So I guess I'll find out in the morning. I had texted my coworker who's a nurse and she was like, yeah, um, kind of figure, we'll figure it out in the morning. So uh, I get, wake up really early for work. And uh, so it was like <coughs> 5.30 when I went to the bathroom, I took a test and immediately came back positive. Mm. And so I texted my coworker because I knew she was awake and I'm like, what do I do? And she says, you need to go to the ER. So this is the saddest part was that, again, we've been trying for months, right? Mm -hmm. So I go to Steven and I wake him up and I show him the P test and he got so excited. Mm. He got so excited. And I looked at him. I said, no, babe, it's not a good thing. I don't, I don't think this is a good thing. And he's mm -hmm. like, okay. And so that, that's when I think he noticed that, you know, something's really wrong. And so, um, my sister-in-law works, worked at women's and children at the time. So we called her cause we knew she usually goes in around seven too. So uh, we called her and I'm like, could you take me to the ER? Could you take me there? Um, because I didn't want to go to CAMC or anything like that. Um, and so she said, yeah, she, so I didn't have to drive either. Mm -hmm, yeah. And Steven had to work. So we still in a lot of pain. No. Or yeah. Like so that's the thing. Like my pain wasn't extreme anymore. I, at this point, actually, I don't remember if I was in pain anymore. I there don't think I was. There was probably so much going right. on that you weren't even really thinking about that at the point. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I was just thinking about the, the blood and the positive pregnancy test. So she takes me to the ER. Like I kind of explained to her about what's going on. And she's like, okay, well, if you need me, I'm in the next building. So just call me or whatever. So that was comforting to know that somebody was there because I was alone. <laughs> I, I walk myself to the, the window, uh, women's and children. And the lady's like, 
may I help you? And I said, I think I, it was so surreal saying the words, I think I have an ectopic pregnancy. And she kind of looked at me like, is this woman for real? And she, it, it because it's a very specific reason, right? right? Like, yeah, like that, the theory. fact that I would think that this is what's happening. She's like, okay. And then she checked me in. They saw me pretty, pretty immediately. I guess it wasn't very busy at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But the nurses came in and she was like, okay, what do you think is going on? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, we need to go to ultrasound to find out. So they wheel me in there, get on the table and, um, uh, it has to be one the wand ultrasound at that point because it's so early the on. Worst. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so like almost it's kind of invasive, yeah, but it's the wand ultrasound. Yeah, yeah, because it's so in there, and so mm -hmm. I have no idea at that point like what an ultrasound looked like. You know, it just looks like a gray blob, right? Yeah. So I'm just staring, trying to figure out what's like, going what on there. Mean? Yeah, like, but it's just all gray, like yeah. just nothing. She's super silent and. I hate to scare anybody, but if your ultrasound tech is ever super quiet or just like just concentrated, I'm sorry, but it's probably not a good thing because that's what she was. She was super silent just like the whole time, like looking in there, do, 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 click, click, you know, all that mm -hmm. stuff. And then she gets up and she says, I'm going to go get a second opinion. And then that's when I'm like, well, crap, like, okay. Yeah. And I'm still in like a shock phase uh, mindset at that point. And I have um, the other tech, I guess her boss comes in, they're looking. And then they said, okay, um, we do need to refer you to a doctor. I said, okay. So they wheel me back to the same ER room that I was in. Um, and at that point, I just, I don't even know what's going on or if I'm even right, but I'm having this feeling that, yeah, something bad's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then that's when doctors um, my uh, in blue, dark blue scrubs walks in. Mm -hmm. And she's like, hi, do you know who I am? And I said, nope. And she says, well, I am the surgeon on call right now. And I have to perform an emergency surgery on you. You are bleeding internally right now. Your fallopian tube have burst. There's a lot of fluid there. And so the fluid that the uh, the techs had seen, like what she was concentrating on was the fact that it was so blurred because there was so much fluid. So, much so she said, we need to um, do surgery on you or you're going to bleed to death. I'm like, oh. And that is when she says, okay, you need to call your family or whoever to like, let them know you're going into surgery. Right. Because I mean, yeah, that's something major. So in a matter of hours, you found out that you're pregnant, that you lost the baby and now that you could possibly bleed to death. Oh yeah. That's yeah. horrific. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and so that's when she's, when she said, I have to call somebody, I called Steven and I lost it. I started, I couldn't even get a word out. I was sobbing so bad. And so, and I just looked at the doctor and I like, would you? And she had to talk to him because I just, I couldn't. Yeah. And sure. um, yeah, How I was. you be able to even form a sentence when you've been through all that? Yeah. And because that's when it hit me. Yeah. And so at that point, like I said, Stephen was working at the farm. So he couldn't immediately like drop everything and come. So he called he was able to call my sister-in-law and so she was able to walk over. So they said, okay, I need you to change into these gowns. We need to get some blood work on you, get you registered so that we can get you into emergency. And so by the time I did all that, I was like finally calming down a little bit. And then she walked in. And so like, 
um, she comforted me through all that. Well, um, and, and you said you were starting to like calm down. Yeah. Yeah. So I started to calm down. And um, at that point, it's a blur, right? Because they're like, okay, you're on this bed. Come on this bed. We need to hook you up to IVs. And then I've got um, an anesthesiologist who's like coming here. And I get that like it's his daily activity to put people under. So the dude was a comedian. Like he was just trying to like put light into the thing. Mm-hmm. But one, prep area for surgeries are always freezing so i was shivering as they were doing this and they only give you like the thinnest blankets and then he's like trying to give give small talk and i'm almost like i appreciate the small talk but um i just had like this devastating news and i just don't really feel like talking to you right now but i just i couldn't say it so you're probably like Uh, i can't even manage a pity laugh at this point you know what i mean like you're like you appreciate the sentiment but like yeah no i it was just a like that's all i remember but then fine and because it was an emergency they obviously had other like they had to like pull put me in you know Mm -hmm. so they were um i had to wait a little bit in the the waiting room but finally when it was time to go i felt like i was in the hallway like that's how that's what it was um so finally when they were ready for me um then i just remembered him saying okay you're gonna um uh, start counting to 10 or whatever, you know, that, yeah, like that, until that you prep. Like go out and then I was going out and then I don't remember anything, obviously that they did the surgery and then come back and see Steven was there by that time. So he was able to like finish his work and then come and Casey was there too, my sister-in-law and, um, I, they both kind of like filled me in the doctor filled me in. And so what happened to me was that my fallop- my right fallopian tube had burst because of the, uh, that's where the baby was. And so, so basically remo- the baby implanted and then started to grow mm-hmm. and burst the tube. Is mm-hmm. that, am I understanding? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that's, that's where it was. And so she had to remove the uh, fallopian tube. Now they didn't remove my ovaries. And so I still have two ovaries, but just one tube. And here's another thing that I learned about anatomy is that your fallopian tube, you can still get pregnant with just one because what happens is that what the tube does is every month, it knows which ovary is giving out the egg and it just goes back and forth. It does. I had no idea. That's incredible. Yeah. And so, um, so she was like, cause I thought maybe like if it, if like, uh, you know, whatever, however our body works, like if our body alternates right or left, then maybe I wouldn't obviously, like I would miss a period or something. She's like, no, you will all, you will. It's just the, the tube is doing double the work. And I'm like, wow. oh. Yeah. I was very amazed by that, that information. And mm-hmm. so she said, you can still get pregnant. It's, um, but you know, we just want to see you in a week or whatever it was, um, just to check you over and make sure everything is okay. Mm-hmm. so um steven takes me home and i'm in a daze obviously um mm-hmm. one warning she said is you're going to have a lot of upper body pain because we had to pump you with gas because you know that's when they do any like internal like core area work they pump you with gas so that they can see a little bit more like oh huh. blow you up okay and so okay. after your surgery that gas gets dispersed all over your body so you start you have pain like in your shoulders and stuff and mm-hmm. the best thing you can do in those situation is walk it off like as much as it hurts you have to just oh walk you have gosh. to move your body because then it moves the gas out of you um i think it, and i've heard this from many people it's the same as in c-section like they um 
the best thing you can do after a C-section as hard as it can be is to walk, is to move your body because it disperses that gas all over mm. you. Um, or even like in an epidemic can't say that word appendectomy mm. like same situation you just you want to walk it out mm. anyways i make it home i take a nap because uh, steven like immediately puts me in bed and my our bed, bed is raised so he gave me a stool because i couldn't climb on mm. our bed i remember my mother-in-law coming over because she just worked in town and um finally when i woke up i called my mom and i told her i had surgery and obviously she was like wait what what just happened and then i lost it because i was just telling her like yeah i um i was pregnant and then i wasn't and it was still very surreal to tell to say those words out, out loud that i was pregnant and then i wasn't my mother she she lives five hours away she was like i will be there do you, do you need me to come over and I told, I'm like, no, I mean, there's nothing I can do really. It's, um, I mean, luckily at that point we didn't have any babies. We just had a, a Daisy, our dog and Stephen can take care of Daisy. So I just took the um, week off from work to rest because they didn't want me to do anything just to recover. So I'm like, I'm just going to be in bed rest. There's really not much we can do. Stephen says that he can handle it. So, but thank you. You know, I'll be all right. And at that point, I know my mom was like, I want to take care of my baby. I want to be there for her. Mm -hmm. um, but I was at that, for some reason, I felt like I needed to put up a strong front because this is where this, this week after the surgery was very prominent in my mind still. And I don't know how it relates to other ladies who have this, but there was so much guilt in, in my mind because I felt like I failed. We were, I felt like I, I had been trying and pushing my husband to get pregnant for so like so hard that I did this to myself. Mm -hmm. I felt the guilt of like, oh, now I had to take a whole week of work. I didn't tell any of my coworkers. Everybody thought for the longest time thought that I just had the flu. And that's why I took the week off because it, it just happened to be mm -hmm. October 1st, um, which was a Monday. So this, mm -hmm. all of this happened on a Monday. The only person who knew was my coworker that I had texted. Everybody else thought that I was out the, with the flu or something because it was flu season. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I felt like I had done this to myself. It was all my fault. And the guilt was so immense. And I just remember that. And obviously, like three years later, I'm like, Ileana, it happened. As our statistics have said, like one in 50 women experience this and unfortunately that's you know that's a lot and um i just i felt like i couldn't share this for a long time and i felt so worried um, i think also just having like so it's something so personal and so painful that like maybe you weren't ready as well to to share like in that part, do you think as well, was it so early maybe in the grieving process that you were just like, I just, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Think, yeah, that's yeah. And um, especially yeah. cause I never heard about it. Like I literally Googled it the day before, right? What I didn't even know what ectopic pregnancy was. And, um, it was just so raw and so scary. And mm -hmm. so, and I just, I didn't know what to do. And so that whole week I was in bed, 
And um, I found this quote from Winnie the Pooh. It's the, um, sometimes the smallest things take up the most room in your heart. Mm-hmm. And I saw that quote and I lost it every single time. It still, it still like makes me a little emotional every time I see that quote because it, it literally was the smallest thing, right, in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet it was already so full in my heart. And I felt like I just, I didn't know what to do with that feeling and how to deal with it. And so like a week later, I had to go to the doctor to get checked up. And it, it, it was the same doctor who um, did the surgery on me. She just happened to also be like, oh, I'm taking new patients. Do you want to be my patient? I'm like, sure. I need a new new doctor. And so she checked on me and she said, well, I mean, you really don't have to wait. You can just start having, try having babies again in your next cycle. I mean, wow. if you have a period, you have a period. Um, some people want to wait. Some people just keep trying. And I said, okay. And honestly, it was not in our minds to be like, okay, well, let's just start. But we just, like, I obviously was still not on my birth control or anything. And um, I had one period, like that October. So, and one question that I had for her was like, I swear I was on my period two weeks ago. Like, how did this even happen? Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, explain to me. And so I told her about going on a hike and knew, like I was bleeding a lot. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was a heavier uh, period than normal. And she said, well, that could have been the implantation bleeding. So like okay. when it got into the tube, I bled a lot. I didn't have any cramps, but I started to have the cramps because my tubes literally burst. Like that's where the so, pain comes So that's from. probably on the hike is when that happened. Well, uh, and I don't know. Maybe. Like, I, yeah, like it, yeah. well, on the hike, it's probably where, when it implanted and then as mm-hmm. it grew it, within two weeks, it almost doubles in size, right? And so yeah. then it, um, it was enough to like cause a problem in my tubes. And so that's where it happened. And so she said is just, um, uh, that's probably what I was experiencing. So that's what, like, I was so confused as to how this even happened. Yeah. Cause I was thinking this is two weeks along right. or whatever. Like yeah. How, yeah. Yeah. And so she said that, um, so if we go in a timeline, I was probably actually like maybe six or seven weeks along. Yeah. Um, and right. I was just blowing my mind that like I could have been pregnant. I didn't know. Um, I didn't, didn't know at all. So, um, anyway, so like I said, October went through, and then in November, um, it went through. And then I know for a lot of ladies, it's, this is not the experience, but um, I got pregnant with my son, Carter. Um, we found out in December. Mm-hmm. Started to realize that I didn't have a period in December. And I thought, could this really be it? Like, is this how I'm supposed to feel? I called my sister and cause she was the one who actually had given me all the, the pregnancy tests cause she had been trying the year before and got pregnant. And so I had the pregnancy tests and I was just looking at it. I'm like, should I, or should I not, you know, should I, should I not, <laughs> whatever. Um, cause I've been at, by that point, y'all, like I had what, eight months of knowing exactly what my period felt like, you know, like tracking all my symptoms, like this is when I'm ovulating, whatever. And um, so I'm like, oh, I'm a couple of days late. 
I'm usually early. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, all right. So I took the test and I was pregnant. I called my sister first. Really? I called my <laughs> sister. Stephen was still like sleep. I called my sister and I started crying. I'm like, I think I'm pregnant. Like, I think that this is it. I think it's real. Mm-hmm. And then I called my best friend. <laughs> so Stephen was what number the to third. know? The third person? Oh my yeah. goodness. So I so then I called her and I'm like, I think I'm pregnant. And so then I don't know, whatever. But I, I set my phone up on my dresser and then just like face his face. Yeah. And then I showed him just so I could catch his reaction. That's so special. Um and he he smiled. He looked at it. He goes, he hates being woken up because he's so tired. Like, yeah. he's like, lay me out loud. But um, I, I showed him. He looked at it. He looked at me, smiled, and then buried his face. And he was like, <laughs> and, and, and then I'm like, I think this is real. I think this is real. So I, um, we were in shock because, like I said, you know, especially boom, boom, right after having mm-hmm. an ectopic pregnancy, I got pregnant. But I mean, I can tell uh, we another podcast will be us talking about our pregnancy journey. But the thing about this ectopic pregnancy was that it shaped my first pregnancy and my first birth mm-hmm. in a way that was a little on the scary side. One, they called me a high risk because of my experience, right? Mm-hmm. After an ectopic pregnancy, the first pregnancy, they want to monitor you a little bit more just mm-hmm. to make sure that your levels are fine and everything is okay. Obviously, like the first ultrasound, we're like, is it in the right place? Yeah. So Stephen and I went to my, uh, I I had called the, the doctors and they're like, okay, well, you come, you have to come in to even check to see if you're pregnant, you know, obviously right, right, see right. how far along you are. And they did. And like, congratulations, you're pregnant. How nervous were you going to that appointment? Like, oh, I was like, so, I was scared because maybe what if it was a fluke, right? Like maybe this test is old and giving me a false positive or whatever. But like I peed in the cup and then I waited in the waiting room and then the lady's like, congratulations, here's your due date. And I'm like, oh th- yeah, this is real. And she's like, okay, can you come back in two weeks so that we can check you out? And I'm like, okay (laughs) so it was um and then so we had gone back to the doc our doctor who was a surgeon and she was like yep uh everything is fine and that's when the fear started to come in because i'm like i've already so at that point i was still in my head that i had failed the first time right i still have felt so guilty and so i'm like I don't want to fail at this pregnancy. I can't fail at this. Like, I can't lose. I can't lose this baby too. It would devastate me. Mm-hmm. And I I deal with depression way before I got pregnant and stuff. So like, you know, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm terrified. And so that's what I mean by my ectopic pregnancy had shaped my first pregnancy mm-hmm. because there was always this fear that I was doing something wrong. I'm not eating right or whatever. Um, or like, the shampoo I was using is going to poison my child. Like that's, that's how deep into it I went because I Googled, I Googled it. All my soap labels. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, I, I Googled it all and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And there's, I think in this day and age, information in Google is great, but I think there's also a a downfall. It is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause we're just like way too informed in a way. So it's like a rabbit hole. Once you fall down, you're like, yeah, yeah. So I I did that with my first pregnancy. And then um, 
and then the like quickly into my labor again we can go into another podcast about this but my labor um i had said steven i think i want to do this naturally because i want to try like i think i can do this i've been did my yoga training i can breathe i've read books i listen to podcasts like i'm good i got this he's like oh, okay honey and here's my two older sisters one's a pharmacist who loves drugs <laughs> i mean like you know medication that are proper and my oldest sister who's had three kids and she was like yeah i used um like at first she she also had my mentality but she was like no honey take the drugs like do the drugs so they're both like they're there honey yeah, you're yeah, saying all okay, this but you're nice gonna idea. want the drugs and i'm like no i got this i can breathe through it and um my my labor story um is up and down but i just remember when i was getting close to the end and i was in so much pain so much pain but it was and i think that i didn't deal with it well because i was scared and you know like when you tense up during labor when you tense it up, it's it even worse, worse. Yeah. and you can't relax. So I'm, I was exhausted by that time. It was almost like, um, uh, it was like almost 7 PM, 6 PM or something like that. And I thought that I, it was almost 12 hours long of just, um, uh, up and down, up and down. Um, and I just, I was scared because the same pain I was feeling was the pain I felt when I was having my ectopic pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I remember that vividly because it was just, just like, uncontrollable pain and in my mind i'm thinking something is wrong something is wrong because that's where if i had never had that ectopic pregnancy i would think oh you this is labor pain oh yeah right, right. but then for me it was out of fear because i thought this is this is exactly how it felt and and then it didn't help because i finally said okay just give me the drugs and um the anesthesiologist came in he did this thing went away and you're supposed to feel it pretty immediately, right? I felt it on my left side. My right side was still in pain. I yeah, was mine was in, just half. Yeah, yeah, it was in half. And it was the worst, like, feeling ever. And I'm like, is, is this supposed to feel this way? And they're like, they're still in pain. I'm like, yeah, it really hurts on my right side. And then that's even worse because that's the side of the surgery. And oh. so they're like, oh, he can come back and adjust you. He came back, adjusted, did nothing. And so... Again, and like a couple hours later, Carter came along and all that. But um, I remember the anesthesia was coming back later. So how did it go the second time? I'm like, oh, I was still in pain. He was like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I was tired by that time. Okay, I just You're wanted like, to go. I just want this, me. <laughs> I just need this baby to come out. So, um, but that's how. That's what my mind associated with that. So. All to say that my second pregnancy, I said, give me the drugs from the beginning because I was like not dealing with that pain. Right. Um, you know, but, and that's kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> I, after going through two natural in the sense of like, I talked to the miscarriages, like the delivery and just all that pain the first two times, I was kind of the same way. By the time when I had Blake, I was like, I considered it and I was like, you know what? No, like, I don't want to go. I know how horrible it is. And I know, and I would say in some ways it was even worse with the miscarriage, you know, with just the, the vomiting and the emotional pain and all of that. But like, I'm like, I'm not doing this. But yeah. Yeah. It, it's labor pain <clears throat> is nothing that you, I, there's no description for it. 
And I still would think that if I was to have, not, not that we would have another baby, but um, part of me does wish that I, I, I have this guilt of like, I should have been stronger to do it without mm -hmm. drugs. But I'm like, you're, why are, it, it, I, I have this like two personalities inside of me. The one thing's like, you should have been stronger. You could have done this without pain medication. But then the other one's like, stop being stupid. Like, no, there's a reason why doctors came up with this to help ladies so that it's not so miserable and it's okay. It's not that you're any weaker or anything. There's no um, shame in that. No, and you know what? I, I thought it was so funny. My doctor, she said, she was like, you know, it always makes me laugh when people say, you know, well, for all these years, women, you know, just squatted in fields mm -hmm. and like had their babies mm -hmm. with no medication. She said, they also cut off people's limbs without anesthesia. So <laughs> do we really need to become Comparing the good old days, and I was like, you know what? Yes, I like that. that's a that's a very like, yeah. What what did they tell you to do in the past? Like bite a rag and get yeah, some alcohol right. and just like, yeah, yeah, like drink some vodka yeah. and bite a rag. It's yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah, like, no, I'm quite all right. I, I would rather not get like staph infection or whatever, know, um, yeah. or tetanus. But anyways, that was my experience with ectopic pregnancy, and I'm not trying to laugh it off to like bring down just no. uh bring down anybody else's experience because it is still very raw for me and it's taken mm -hmm. me three years and i think the fact that i got pregnant so quickly after having my topic pregnancy it was a downfall in a way because i never had time to mourn mm -hmm. i know exactly when this baby would have been born and for mm -hmm. some reason like i also have dreams that it would have been a boy and then Carter comes along. And so then part of me is like, oh, maybe I was dreaming about Carter. But no, I think that um, I think that it would have been a boy. And I mm. think about him all the time. And now that um, my mom's in heaven, too, I, I would feel like that he's there with her, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that she found him and that she's holding him. And I wish that I am able to like talk to um, all these ladies who are hurting about this because it is so sudden. Like I, I felt for you with your miscarriage story because it felt so prolonged, right? Mm -hmm. Your experience was like weeks, mm -hmm. but for mine, it was instantaneous. Mm -hmm. Like the day of boom, here's your surgery. Yeah. Neither of it is better. No, they're both horrible in yeah. their own way. You know, like you said, like you, in a matter of hours, found out pregnant, lost your baby, life-threatening surgery, you're bleeding out. Like, yeah. that's so much to unpack and process. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like, Yeah. And they do it laparoscopically, and so I have the scars. And so every time I look down, and, and I imagine that's what, like, ladies with C-sections see, right? Like, mm -hmm. when they see the incision and the scars, like, that's, you're reminded of mm -hmm. it. Um and I, I see it in, um, at first it hurt to see those scars because it felt like I did something wrong. Right. Again, the whole guilt situation, but after three years and a lot of therapy <laughs> and a lot of talking it out and actually knowing a couple ladies who've gone through it, mm -hmm. um, and sharing our stories, it has given me like, you know what? No, I'm proud of these scars. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just glad that I was able to have two more babies after this. Yeah, what a blessing, what a blessing. Yeah. So. so is there anything that you can help us 
know how to things to maybe say or what not to say to if we have a friend or a family member going through the horror of an ectopic pregnancy it's a loss and a surgery at the same time right so in a way kind of treat like how you there's a physical aspect of it like the recovery bed rest all that and i think the biggest thing that would have helped accept the help accept it like mm -hmm. i now wish that i had been a little selfish and been like mom yeah could you come could you come spend time with me just so that i could cry mm -hmm. um and not and at that time i didn't have a, like that close of a relationship with my mom like in a way i just felt like she, I, I she would have judged me which obviously like remind these ladies that there is no judgment you did not it was not you it's not it happens fault. it it's, happens it's, just like yeah. you wouldn't tell a lady who had a, a miscarriage that oh it's your fault you 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 did all this things to um it, it is not your fault and yet here we are google machine um telling ourselves well um your baby got stuck it was your fault you did something i had this fear that i overdid it at yoga it was too hot in there or i had gone on that hike and it was too much and that's why the baby got stuck mm -hmm. like that that was the the um thought the guilt in the mind so if you know somebody just even though they're saying oh i'm fine or i'm just like hurting from the surgery there's definitely an emotional aspect of it mm -hmm. and just hug that lady and say it is not your fault I am so sorry you're going through it. Mm -hmm. And maybe tell them you're not alone. You may actually know somebody who have gone through it. You just don't know it. Right, right. So. And what about to like remembering, if they're willing to share with you, remembering that, that due date or that month that the baby would have been born? you know, kind of maybe sending a text or something yeah. that month to help just, I know I have a, uh, my cousin did that for um, our first baby that we lost. And that just meant so much to me that she remembered my little baby that was coming in May. Yeah. And that was just like a really painful month. So I yeah. think that's something that's a, a nice thing to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Every time October 1st comes along, it's just like, a, mm. you know, like, yeah, this, this happened. Mm -hmm. um now three years later just seems so surreal because mm -hmm. yeah three almost four years almost four, yeah. um yeah it just feels like it, it's a surreal experience but at the same time i did go through it so. mm -hmm. yeah yeah well thank you so much for just sharing your story and and just your knowledge um helping us understand what you know, you went through and what so many women go through with this very painful uh, circumstance. And um, we just want to encourage everyone to, you know, love your family and friends well that are going through this and um, maybe mention this podcast to them. If, you know, it'll help them feel not alone and um, just help them celebrate those beautiful little lives that, you know, they are missing so much. And we're here, like Audrey mm -hmm. and I are here to talk. If anybody ever needs to share their story or wants to, you can message us, you can call us or um, whatever it is. And we'll, we'll be here to, to listen, to cry mm -hmm. or to laugh or whatever you need. Um, and because that was the whole point of our podcast was to create mm -hmm. somewhere that we can share and that. And look, like I said, three, almost four years from now, I'm, I'm doing okay. Mm -hmm. I'm doing okay.
uh, and you will be okay too. Yes, absolutely. We like to end our podcast with a prayer. So I just want to go ahead and pray now. Dear Lord, we thank you so much um, for the beautiful gift of pregnancy. Um, We thank you that you never leave us. And we thank you for walking with Ileana during this really painful um, time in her life. Um, We thank you that you treasure each and every life, even the littlest, the littlest lives um, that were we're so, so young and so little, and we look forward to one day um, meeting those little babies in heaven. Um, Lord, I pray that you would just comfort and draw near to those who are listening, who are walking this road of grief, um, of an ectopic pregnancy. Pray that you would just um, draw near to them, comfort them, um, and just help them through this very painful season and we just thank you for all of the wonderful blessings you've given to us and um, thank you that you are a god of peace a god of comfort and grace and mercy in jesus name amen Amen. thank you so much for joining us in our podcast today and um, if you wouldn't mind please hit subscribe and wherever you're listening to this um in apple and uh google and Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, wherever it is, like all those places, um, just hit subscribe and that way um, other people know um, where to find us. And if you want to leave us a comment or a message, we'll we'll be more than happy to answer those um, and start building our mother community. I think that um, we have a lot to share and a lot to a lot of love to share, a lot of um, stories. And this one was a little sad, but also we have some happy ones, too. So. Yeah, and please also just kind of share it uh, within your fam- uh, friends and family, too, um, so that it can resonate to a lot of people. Thank you. See you later. Thank you.